Last week we talked about health insurance. So let's recap for Johnny. He wasn't here. Um, what do we say about health insurance? Is it an individual or a community responsibility? It is both. The individual and the community's responsibility to pay for health care. And if they choose to do it with health insurance, super, not a problem there. Not a mandate, not a problem. We described it in a certain way. Does anybody know what that way was? What, what were we, how were we referring to it? What was it? What's the, what's the, the idea behind it? Yeah, a financial instrument. Financial instrument that can lead us to wise stewardship. So, um, you've got a you've got a man in your community, and he is poor. So you're going to, as part of the community, you're obligated to pay. You can tell already that he's about to have some medical problems. Could be a wise investment to grab a financial instrument that could assist the community in paying for pay. So that was the idea behind that. And uh, consistent with Chabad's uh, analysis here in preparation for the election, uh, that uh, what's, what's, uh, what's the health care thing called? Affordable Health Care Act is probably not something that is biblically minded. Okay. So as we're looking at our responsibilities, um, tonight I'd like to, I'd like to look at blessings. And uh, where we stand with blessings. You got your Bibles or electronic facsimile thereof. Okay. Um, somebody pull up Deuteronomy 28 for me. 28. Deuteronomy 28. Do you believe that God can bless you? Absolutely. Do you believe that God should bless you? That's exactly what I want. Doing a little noodling. Should he bless you? If you think he should, why should he bless you? Should he bless you over him? Or should he bless him too? Is there a uniform standard? Whom should God bless? What is Deuteronomy 28, uh, let's say 1 and 2 say? Now shall come to pass if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God to observe carefully all his commandments which I command you today that the Lord your God will set you high above all nations of the earth. And all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you, because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. So what is it that leads to blessing? Obey. So obedience leads to blessing. Now I, I, I wonder, is it possible that if you are obedient to God, that he will not bless you? Okay, I'll take the definition of blessing that you find in Deuteronomy 28, verse 2. 
which is recapping it with all of the blessings well I think that um, one of the greatest mysteries Satan's professor at my graduate explanations is why God sometimes chooses to not provide material blessings in this life to people who generally appear to doesn't necessarily mean it depends on your interpretation of this chapter and others if you must eat all of God's commands to merit these blessings in which case well you're out of luck from the get go because you may not eat all of God's commands I know I haven't you may have God may be blessing you because of that but um, or you can look at it as a national blessing if Israel is being obedient then Israel's nation is being blessed that it may not apply to individuals but or the perspective is that God will bless the righteous with all these blessings. It just may not happen right now in this life. Well, many of the blessings, I think, I would, I would argue, perhaps all of the blessings in chapter 27 are physical. They are here and now. No, they are. Um, so, so it does appear that obedience does lead to blessings. But you're right. It could be a national rather than an individual. And certainly there's, there's tremendous places throughout the Torah where he's Clearly speaking for the nation, not just the individual. And it may not necessarily happen in our timing or in the way that we expect it to. Precisely. The most classic example that I can think of is Job. Absolutely. Who is blessed off his socks, and then God takes everything away. And, and if you look just in the tunnel vision at that moment in time, when this is crashed, these are dead, this is gone, we're sitting here in the land scraping the, the pussy things, you know, where is the blessing? Where is the blessing, right? But if you look at the long term. Look at the long term, you have blessing before all the, the tragedy. And you have immense blessing after blessing, the blessing beyond blessing afterwards, exactly. I think you see that as well. Because one of the blessings, thank you, sir, that Deuteronomy 28 is, flesh shall be the fruit of your body. Well, we see several examples of righteous women, righteous couples. Who are not immediately blessed, sure. So there's more sure. even an abundance of them, sure. But they are eventually. Exactly. So the timing may, is is surely not in our control, but the blessing, I would argue, appears to be non-optional for God. I think with the instance with Job, we can also look at it from the from the perspective that. God chose him to endure these trials because he knew his faith, and that in and of itself is a blessing. James says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. So the but let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. So, so the very so God, trial, the very is trial a itself is a blessing. So he's blessed. He gets a different kind of blessing that not all of us may actually desire, which ended up in... Blessing beyond blessing. Well, he has a huge book in the Bible. Is there a book of Joseph? Is there a book of you know, Johnny? Yeah, yeah, any yeah, of us? Yeah. Is it turned oh, like yeah. yeah. oh, <laughs> Another, uh, another uh, good like point. Another good point. All right. That's good. That's good. That's good. That's good. That's good. How about. Uh... Okay. Okay. That's it. Would we agree that God does bless? 
Amém? Yes. So, my premise is, as I approach this topic, is that God must not violate his word. That he must be true to his word. And that if he was promised to bless if we are obedient, then we will be blessed. To Joshua's point, timing-wise, how to tell it's a blessing may be at times difficult. But in the end, if we go back, totally blessing. Yes? Deuteronomy chapter 16, Hebrews chapter 6. Grab those two if you would. Deuteronomy 16, Hebrews chapter 6. Uh, no, I'm just waiting to see who, who's there. Okay. Which, which, what do you got? Which, which beginning where? What, what do you have? Deuteronomy 16? Hebrews 6. Hebrews 6, Deuteronomy, no, Deuteronomy 16. Um, so how about verse 17? What do you got there? Every man shall give as he is able according to the blessing of the Lord your God, which he has given you. So what does this imply? We're blessed in order to bless, just the way the exactly. patriarchs were. Exactly right. Our ability to give to others is only because God has given to us. Yeah, the gift of the, people see poverty as as condemnation, but it's it's actually a gift. It's a gift to those who have been blessed with abundance, in order that they may bless those who have not much. It's um, it's, it's 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 a matter of perspective. It is. Um, <coughs> my thought in this is that we should recognize that all we have. Is according to the blessing of God. So we cannot give unless God is already blessed in order that we may give. Hebrews chapter 6, um, a couple of verses prior to it, including 7. What do you got there? You got verse 7? Yeah. Um, the ground that brings the rain which often falls on it brings forth vegetation useful to those for whose sake it was also tilled. Receives a blessing from God. If it yields thorns and thistles, it's worthless and close to being cursed, and it ends up in trouble. Alright, so the writer of Hebrews is trying to make a point here. But in that point, what do we find about the ground? <coughs> what, what do we see in Hebrews 6? Rain's falling on the ground, we're causing it. God caused the rain to fall. It produces a crop, or it may produce thistles and some nasty stuff. What determines what it will produce? Well, what, do you want to use the the agricultural yep. um, thing here? There, yep. there has to be a seed. It has to be a seed. There has to be a seed, which implies something else. A sower. And in fact, in the scripture, it actually speaks of the one who is cultivating the soil. So the soil has been cultivated. It says it produces a crop useful to those for whose sake it is cultivated. So the ground's been cultivated, it's been plowed, if you will, it's been prepared. The seed has been planted. 
God has caused the rain to fall, Paul used the same metaphor. When it came to uh, salvation and seeing the the harvest of believers come in, what did he say? Between him, Apollos, and God. What did he say? God who causes the increase, right? It's God who causes the increase. So, it, I, I guess I'm trying to point out here that while God, in some ways, in some ways, must bless, in these cases, God does bless, but there seems to be a responsibility. We pray almost in the morning that God would cause the rains to fall the early and the later rains in their proper time. And since I'm spending a lot of time in the dirt of late, I can tell you that we're thrilled when the rain falls. But if we haven't taken the time to plow that land, plant those little seeds, the fact that the rain is falling only makes mud. You can also look at it as but if you've planted the seed, if you've taken the time to plow the lands and plant the seed, or the little starter plants that we've got growing in the next room, when the rain falls, it truly is a blessing. Because God is causing the increase. Because we have done our part. Do you see what I mean? If I take the time to plant, I take the time to plow. Then when the rain comes, it is a blessing. For the guy next door who didn't plow, who didn't plant, the rain falls on the just and the unjust. But it's a blessing for the one who's been diligent. Plant. Does that make sense? It does. If you don't plant, the rain will come. Won't get any out of it. But puddles. I want broccoli, not puddles. You see where I'm going? Just take that and, and work it. Flush that out. What is it that you can do in your life specifically that will cause you to get a harvest of blessing? Rather than a lot of wet sacks. The blessing is Deuteronomy, one of the first things it says is blessed is the fruit of the body. Okay. Give me some specific things. All the single people in the room are going to have a hard time experiencing that. Exactly right. So if you're not married, that blessing is not going to come to pass. Right? I would say that there's another piece to that. Go ahead and flesh it out and let's throw the folks in Canada in a tizzy. Uh, and so then, now if you, um, once you get married, then, okay, so now you put yourself in a place to receive a blessing. Um, Speaking of seed, yeah. if you chose not to plant, so obviously, if you're not trying to have kids, then you're probably not going to receive that blessing. And there you go. And there's other very, very diplomatically put that. And there's lots of amazing things that come with that, and that's part of the issue when you talk about blessing. Blessing 
is probably demanded by the wife, that's a good thing. And in the Psalms, it talks about, you know, blesses the man who fears the Lord, whose wife will be like a fruitful vine, whose children like all of uh, shoots around his table. And so it's like these blessings begin to mount. So if someone in, and I'm not saying that all single people are doing this, but if someone who is single has not chosen to pursue marriage for a reason that's not justifiable, like they don't, this is not like God's giving me a calling and a leading and I'm, and I'm following him, but it's just more like, I'm, I like being single, I like doing my own thing, then they're separating themselves from the blessing of children. They're cutting themselves off from the blessing of a spouse. And they're cutting themselves off from the blessing of a home that then can be blessed more. So it's in, in one act, which really, if you look at three people multiplies to man, sort of one act of disobedience, in a sense, long term. I'm not talking short term. And you, I think any one of us has the right to figure out who that spouse is. Sure. Or sure. What I'm saying in the long term picture, um, you take yourself off from a lot of blessings. I'm so living a really righteous life otherwise. Right. So you rob yourself from that blessing. Sure. I, would, I would say you're um, along the same lines in, in your business sense. Rabbi Daniel Lapin is really big on making connections with people every place that you go. Mm -hmm. Just extending, uh, being very grateful, being very kind, loving, just really exuding this charisma in every place that you are. And it's the same concept because you really never know if the guy sitting next to you on the plane is going to be the next biggest business partner that you've ever had. Sure whether the cashier might turn out to be one of your greatest salespeople after a conversation yeah. that you have. Yeah. So, it's so you're, showing, you're showing the seeds of, of business growth. Yeah, exactly. You're cultivating connections, not for the sole purpose of gaining something, but just allowing God to work through that and carrying out the various commandments that describe being loving and being a light to, to people. Exactly. Another example of that from Rabbi Lappin, um, one of my favorite rabbis, um, he has a, he talked about um, how giving actually makes produces income. Right. And initially, everyone believes this, and they sort of take this like super spiritual perspective that if I give, God will reward me. And this is true. But Rabbi Lappin has another point in saying that if you give, you actually become a better business person because business people will only be able to make more money if they are willing to take risks. The only willing to take risks is if you're willing to lose money. Well, guess what? People who give are willing to lose money all the time with nothing in return. So it's like it's practice to be a better business person or to be more open to opportunities. Mm -hmm. So, or, or in the case of making connections, you may be giving to a charity and then find out that the CEO of the charity happens to own a company and he wants to go to business with you. I mean, it's also a little like, crazy things that can happen along the way. So it's a classic example of an act of obedience um, will lead to a whole host of blessings, and you can only receive those if you have been obedient in the first place. Exactly. Good. Psalm 65, Ezekiel 44. Second Corinthians. Psalm 65, Ezekiel 34, 2 Corinthians 1. Who's got Psalm 65? 
verse uh, leading up to verse 10. You visit the earth and water the ordering nation. The river of God is full of water. It provides no rain for souls who have to pay. You water its furrows abundantly, setting up its riches, softening it with showers and blessing its works. So we see here clearly that the psalmist understands that it's God who provides the rain, it's God who provides the water. I would continue to argue that if there's nothing that's been put, nothing's going to grow. Simple as that. So I'm looking again for opportunities in, in real life where we can take this agricultural metaphor that's being used by the psalmist, later by the master, and see what I can do in order to receive God's blessing. Ezekiel 44, which verse? Let's look at 30. The best of all fruits, first, first fruits of any kind, and every sacrifice of any kind from all your sacrifices shall be the priests. Also, you shall give to the priests the first of your ground meal to cause a blessing to rest on your house. Or in, uh, in another version, your dough. And we see this even today in the Orthodox community, the pinch of dough from the hog. Uh, wow. Yeah, from the hog. Exactly right. Um, When does this blessing happen? The last part. In God's time. I'll grant you that, but specifically, you shall also give the priests the first of your dough, that a blessing will rest in your house. After you've given it. After, you after you've given the dough? Okay, I, I would argue even earlier. I'm looking for specifics that I can do. I'm looking for specifics that I can that direct my house to do. What's got to be done? If your wife doesn't make the kala, this can't come to pass. 
It's as simple as that. I'm not looking for esoteric, amazing commentary, guys. I'm looking for practical stuff. You want that blessing? If you or your wife is not making a challah, it can't happen. Which means you've got to be keeping Shabbat. Ah! you got to be living Ah! ah! <laughs> exactly. That's where I'm going. From a practical perspective, it starts by directing your wife to make the challah. If she's not making challah, this can't come to pass. It's impossible. God is willing. God has already provided in his word that he will, but he cannot. Why? Because you didn't prepare for the blessing. And that's what the next blessing is all about. If, if it's going to rain, and you know it's going to rain, and God is going to provide the rain, because he said he will, provided we're obedient. Otherwise, he withholds it. If it's going to rain, how come we're not planting? You can't get an increase in the crop unless you've planted a crop. You can't get this blessing to rest on your house. Who would want to get that out? Well, we, we do get it out if we don't make the crop. You, you can't even get there if we haven't made the count. That's my point. I'm looking for practical steps that we should be doing, expecting that God will bless. Why? Because he said he will if I do this. It's, it's also amazing how in these cases that God enables us to do those things. And I'm thinking specifically of the building of the tabernacle, mm. where it was like the whole purpose was all the people to collectively bring all their things necessary yes. and all come together. And there was so much stop, effort stop, that it was stop, like, no, stop. that's enough. But God enabled them to do that of by course. sending them out of Egypt yes. and all of these great things. Mm -hmm. And then they were able to do something which we, which then received the blessing of having the very presence of God exactly. lead them through the wilderness. They were exactly. so ready to get rid of all that heavy metal stuff anyway. Heavy to carry it. <laughs> That's right. Why do I have they were probably ready to get rid of their, that stuff anyway. Again? Yeah. yeah. And then you had Yeshua's promise as well, that sending the helper, the spirit, yeah. to bring to memory all of his words yes. and to help you through so that you can do these things. That's right. That's right. We see this also teach that um, what's part of one's blessing to be Clothes to put seats on. Another tradition, um, classic one, was you know, the guy who always honored Shabbat, and so he did his best to provide a meal for himself. And there was some prophecy or vision or whatever else from this rich man in town that his entire wealth would go to this otherwise relatively poor man to get Shabbat. And of course, the, the wealthy man felt ridiculous, but decided to protect himself by investing all of his wealth. One day, walking along the uh, bank over a bridge, he wind blew the, the turban off. off. Wind blew. He set it in his turban, and the wind blew it off into the water, and he was never able to recover it. And the pearl was eaten by a fish. Well, the four shepherds had it. Habit always had fish on Shabbat because that was his investment to make Sabbath special to honor it. He would spend as much money as he could to have a good meal on Sabbath. Well, lo and behold, inside the fish this time around was the pearl. So the point being is that, um, you know, 
we, as we are obedient, God blesses us not only with the opportunity to have um, to have more things, to have a bigger family, or have whatever. Um, he also gives us the opportunity to be more obedient. Mm-hmm. So if you are if you are generous and God blesses you with abundance, that blessing is that you can be more generous. Yeah, generous. And really, that's, that's exactly what Paul. Just want to make sure we get specifics here. Second Corinthians one, verse eleven. You also helping together in prayer for us, that thanks may be given by many persons on our behalf for the gift granted to us through many. So. There's a blessing and gift that has been provided through the prayers of men. And these guys are giving thanks for it. So, what did the Corinthians do that there was this blessing? They prayed. See, there's only something to do. Pray, plant the seed, whatever it may be. We are responsible to do things. Here in the church sometimes, what are you doing? I'm waiting on God. You can't do it. This is always going to go good on God. What are you doing? I'm looking for his blessing. That's a problem. You must prove your handiwork throughout that's what we're, we're trying to not be generic with with the fruit of the handiwork but to say you're looking for a job or let me rephrase you need a job are you looking for a job Absolutely. you know pray for the job pray for the blessing pray for the opportunity now go out and look for the job he who seeks will find not the guy who sits on the couch and praise. It's like the, the classic, uh, it's not in three, one to win the lottery, but the classic uh, example, man prays, God, I want to win the lottery, yeah. over and over and over again. Finally, the angels tell God, why did you not let him win the lottery? And God says, you never bought a ticket. You never bought a ticket. And there's also the one where the guy's on the roof and yeah. it's flooded and it's sent yeah. you a boat. Praise, you know, praise, for, praise for, for uh, physical salvation. You're rescuing from the flood, as it were, and, you know, sees a boat come by and the guy asks him, hey, get in. He's like, no, I'm waiting for God. Yeah. You know, he's like, sees you know, somebody else come by. I'm, I'm waiting. And then there's a helicopter even. He says, hey, come on, get on and everything. It's, you know, the flood water's been rising the whole time. Suddenly, the guy drowns, and you know he's talking to God. He's like, God, why didn't you, you know, why didn't you hear my prayer? Why didn't you send the blessing to me? It's like, did you see the guy with the boat? Did you see the helicopter? Did you see all this stuff? So we asked. So the, the converse of, of it is not only preparing for it, but being able to recognize it. Amen. Being able to recognize it. Here's uh, here's the just. Oh, I was just gonna. I was looking for this example because I always felt this was so neat when you mentioned the. Stereotypical person who is waiting on God, yes. which inevitably means they're not doing anything and they're expecting everything. They're the cool example of Jacob when he's about to meet Esau, and how the first thing he does is the best thing, which is pray. 
He prays that God will deliver him. But the next thing he does is sets aside this whole plan. It's like, okay, now you go in front, and I, I will be behind, and that sets the whole thing up as like this action step. Exactly. You know, and which is just so neat. It's almost like that acting out of faith in in faith. Yeah. I, I look for God to direct my steps. Famous verse in Malachi 3. Put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts, and I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you a blessing until there is no more need. Or in the New American Standard, that you are unable to hold my sufferings. Malachi 3, verse 10. The amazing thing is that most people ignore the first half of the verse. Bring the full tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house and by so doing put me to the test says the Lord of hosts I don't know if it's that clear if I want to open the windows of heaven for you pour out my blessing that you're not able if you're not bring the full tithe he has no obligation to if you do, you, in effect, you're actually saying, God, I have faith, I believe, I trust what you say. Go ahead, bring it. you got to do the time for I don't want to argue about what the time is. Cynical, I realize. So you missed the point. But, uh, I think, I think the, there's no point to argue there. Tithe is always the tenth. Then we just use different schemas there. Yeah, I think that the point here is we have a responsibility, and I believe that in our day, God is God does desire to bless us, and of all the people on the planet to bless, who should receive the greatest blessings? The ones who are obedient and doing His will. That he owns. Because, I mean, even the Master said, You receive me because you ask me. I beg your pardon? You sure? So, what's, uh, what did the Master say? Seek, not seek, and it. Father knows what you need before you ask. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find the ask and then you will be open to you. Do whatever I need. Johnny's point earlier about being obedient and doing what he
you know, if you look at the blessings in um, your school, all the different things that you've blessed God with, there's an incredible list of things. Yeah. Um, when you start seeing those things as blessings, it's like, oh, I saw a rainbow thing. It's a blessing. You know, I saw thunder and lightning. It's a blessing. I have a new garment of clothing. This is a blessing. It wasn't that I went and got a good sale and bought a new shirt. This is a blessing from God. So you begin to see the day-to-day things, the small things, you know, as blessings. You bless God providing bread or wine or whatever. Um, then you can start to see these blessings step by step. If you're walking around the path, along the, you know, walking along through life, and you're expecting God's blessings to be like a new gold car sitting in front of you, or some unbelievable business opportunity that's just going to blow your socks off, you'll be missing all of the blessings that He's given you along the way. Well, there is that, too. I guess what I was trying to say, though, is that in God's blessing for obedience, um, it does sometimes, I think, it can, it can be missed if we're not encouraged, if we're not paying attention. Right. Then, to your point, then your point is, like, if you can sell it, you pray for something, you don't get it. Well, to that point, um, he, scripture tells us that he will grant us the desires of our heart. Not to say that we ask for a supermodel, supermodel wife and you know gold cars and and you know, you know fame of an athlete and things like that. It's as we walk closer to him, our desires become more attuned to the things that God desires. So he will enable us to keep his desires, which are our desires, they become one. It's not, they're not independent of one another. If, if we're walking with him, too. Exactly. John 16 is the verse I was thinking about. Um, Until now you have asked nothing in my name, ask and you will receive, that your joy may be made full. So, the, the bottom line is, we do need to ask. We do need to recognize. And I, I do believe that God does bless Sort of a, almost it appears on a, on a on a regular schedule, and he pours out the blessing that we are not able to receive. And my my goal tonight was to get us to consider the things that we must do in order to receive his blessing, because it's obvious throughout the scripture, as I look at it, that he's expecting certain actions. That's the whole idea of our faith these days, is action-based. It's not what I say. It's not even what I pray. It's what I do. And if I'm not doing the works of righteousness, then God may have a blessing prepared, but and he may even pour out what could bring the blessing, but I'm not able to receive it. The, 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 the uh, opportunity to meet to Gregory's point, the guy who can be the best business partner you could ever have. But you didn't go out that day, you didn't get dressed, you didn't shave, so it's not going to happen. The super crop of awesome broccoli, but but you didn't plant broccoli. So, I do think that uh, it's important that we recognize some of the things that we need to do. 
that remain blessed because I see God blessing me and my family in great ways. And I wonder why. And the only thing that comes back as I ask this question is in some respects a small amount of obedience. And I think that we we need to be obedient. We need to follow His plans and do these things. We need to uh, trust that God is going to bless and expect Him to bless and be prepared as He's doing. Get some peace. And get some peace. And if you're not taking advantage of that, well, no wonder, like, if I look at American society, stress to the max. Yeah. And, you know, all, suffering from all sorts of ailments that come from stress because even when they're not working, they're doing stuff constantly. Yeah. Um, so it's like, um, it is an example of not have, being ready for a blessing. Yeah. Um, here's, a, here's a practical example. We got a young couple getting ready to put together a house. And their, their, their greatest focus right now as they prepare their home is that God, and, and their, their prayer is that God would allow them to practice hospitality, to have so many people there, their Shabbat dreams, and the Shabbos discussion times and all that. So they asked me, you know, they're, they're thinking about getting a, a table. We're going to get it to seat four. <laughs> that, that seems completely inconsistent to me with your prayers. I mean, if, if you're expecting God to provide six, eight, ten people at your Shabbat table, you sit, buy a small table, put the rest of the money in the bank. By a bigger table, have less going on there, and watch God perform his blessing. Do, do, do you see where I'm going? It's down to the nitty gritty of what should I do to prepare? Do you believe God answers prayer? Yes. Are you sure? Yes. Are you acting that way? Yes. That's the key. That's the focus now. If you're praying that God will provide, Prayer of the righteous avail much. The effect of prayer of a righteous man, absolutely. James five. If if we're praying that God will provide much in certain specific areas, shouldn't we be prepared to receive? Well, most making these decisions shouldn't just be made on whim anyway. It's it, it seems silly to some people to say, well, you know, here's like for your example, this table. How many people pray about tables? You know, it's it's a it's a piece of furniture. Right. It's a piece of furniture for the home. You know, it's just like, well, I just need a table. How are you using that table to serve God? How are you using that? That's where the prayer needs to take place. That's where the blessing will take place. Mm -hmm. And you, it's, it's like, okay, God has made it clear to you. Yes, you need a table. But it's commit that table to Him. Commit that table to Him. Of, of hospitality. I mean, well, then... The table's big. Yeah, the table's a big part of it. So, can you think of other practical examples where 
you would potentially be praying for God's blessing in a certain way, and yet it's almost like you're living unfaithfully. It's almost like I'm, I'm really, I'm really, I'm really trusting God for this. I really want this with all my heart. But you get God up there going, all evidence to the contrary. Give me examples of those. Whether they're in your life or not is irrelevant. Well, even in my own life here, it's worth thinking about is we pray so many beautiful things in the Siddur, and I'm thinking specifically of the Shema about speak of them when you sit in your house and you walk away. We're praying those, but are we actually walking that out? Are we actually praying them and thinking about them when we lay down and when we rise up and when we're going on the way and, and, and talking to your kids about and them. talking to the kids about them, are we blessing God after every meal for the nourishment that He's provided for us and the many blessings that He's provided? You know, are we having His mighty deeds and His salvation on our lips at all times? And, yeah, yeah. You know, and I just think about my day, and I think, no, See, I, I'm, I'm yeah, not doing that. You're talking that. about the passive side of this. Where I'm praying one thing and I'm ignoring it afterwards. And I think we all tend to do that. I'm looking more specifically where we're praying specifically for something and yet what do you do? Our actions deny that we think God's actually going to prepare or provide. Maybe one example would be um, praying to God to provide um, more income Mm -hmm. for. Mm-hmm. So you have a hard family. Mm-hmm. Well, am I working as hard as I can to get my job? Am I doing the things that I need to be doing exactly. that are going to catch the eye of my boss Good or another boss who's going to say, you're a good worker. Yep. I want to pay I want you guys more like you. to get yeah. a different job yes. or whatever, maybe. So, or, or even less than that. The, the job offers you overtime and the ability to get more money, but you don't take it, right? So you're at home praying that God will provide more money, and the boss is already offering more, but you don't take it. Same kind of thing. Exactly. Good. Even more. Health. Yes. Even with health. Praying Ooh, that this one's going to get scary. Well, you're praying to feel better during allergy yeah, season, yeah. or praying that this cold goes away, but... Not changing your diet at all. Sure. Not taking any kind Getting of extra rest. Whatever. Whatever. Extra rest. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Good. That's good. That's what I'm talking about. These are things where we should be changing our lives. And I would submit that they are in, in accordance with the Word of God. But we don't want to say that. Because now we've got an obligation. Well, I've, I've asked God for this, or I'm trusting God for that. But you, you're not really a I mean, I'm, I'm nothing but a dreadful sinner. It's God who's got all the power. That's what I hear from people in the church sometimes. And it's like, you just want to, you know, slap them. You say, whoa, whoa, wait, stop. Do you believe that God will answer that prayer? If you do believe that God will answer that prayer, why aren't you acting? Yeah. Than not preparing at all. Friday is is helter skelter. Yeah. Yeah. And the the house is a mess, and you know nothing's ready, and it's a, a hectic Shabbat or because praying, you weren't ready. Or praying for a frequent Shabbat, and then 
spending, you know, half the day worrying about tomorrow's work, or, 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 you know, deciding that we need to have this important discussion on this, you know, intense topic on Shabbat. And the reason why the sages teach that you should avoid anything that's basically going to make you angry or stressed out exactly. on Shabbat. Exactly. So, so we, it's, it's up to us. Um, I mean, it's, it's, this kind of uh, discussion can be very political, and, and certainly it's unique and it's important to me. Um, I'm, I'm guilty of wanting to play my own game. I've got a guy here who's busting his butt more hours than I can imagine, and actually came to help us chop wood, right? After getting off at like five in the morning. And he's actually out there chopping wood with us. There's wood on the ground with us. For me, that's not, it's, I mean, it's just astonishing. But my point is, I want a mini. And, and I call him to see, and I'm talking to other men to see if there's something that I can do to help them get there to be a part of the mini. Or am I just helping them to be a mini? on our part to allow God to provide the blessing would we be blessed in it. And I'm convinced after this study, absolutely, absolutely. Is there a blessing if you care for the widow and the orphan? I would think so. Nothing comes to mind off the top of your head, right? But but we know there's got to be something in there, right? Because he commands us to do it. So there must be something, right? Nasty curses that, that's right, yeah, you don't, but yeah. So I'm assuming that there is. I don't know what they are off the top of my head either, but I noticed in, in one of the last gatherings we had that, you know, one, one of them was missing. Of the two that I expect to see, I knew where one was. The other one sort of called in sick. And today I was like, Notes and contents. Is she okay? What did you do? Really, it's a big hit list. <laughs> I'm going to sit here and teach this class. And it's like, oh, she almost started crying. Is she okay? She's I wasn't. I'm so grateful. I'm just overwhelmed. And I thought to myself, 
stick it to me. A phone call. And I've got a phone in my pocket all the time. How many times do we miss out on blessing others, receiving a blessing from God, being a blessing? Simply because we don't do what it's unequal. do. And quite frankly, then, that's going to consume me for the rest of this year. We start our prayers on Shabbos morning, you know. By the mouth of the righteous shall you be praised. By the, and I can write the rest of it, by the devout will you be, you know, this, and by the Hasidim, and, and so forth. But it, it lists out what God expects. I mean, if you want, category one. Aren't you? Are you falling into that category because of those things? Or are you in that category and you're expected to do those things? I think that's the point. I think that you actually earn the right to be called that. We get a check in front of your name because that's what you do. You're that kind of guy. And that's why we look up that word and we see you. That's, that's you because that's what you do. It's not that you're trying to be like that, so you act like that. It's because you act like that, and therefore you are. And I, I want, I want, I want. And I don't want it so I can put it on my resume. I want it because there's quiet times in here, and it's still dark, and I'm praying. He's listening. He's right. Hang on. Got one of my devout ones on the line. Oh, 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 oh. I got a righteous man down in. That's right. It's just me. Yeah. It's other people left out. Exactly. It's, it's, it's not in favor of me. It's not for the favor of me. Nothing to do with it at all. Exactly. Don't, don't care about that. But I do want. Him to look in someday. Well done. There it is, man. There it is. What? What? Well, what? Well done. Done. You did something. Yes. Very. That's exactly what it is. How is your service today, Mister Servant? Well, that's that's the approach that I've really taken uh, in management. You're you're a uh, you're in a position of authority. But what is it? What is a king without his subjects? What is what is a leader without his people? What is what is a manager without his team? So, in order, you know, I've, I've taken it upon myself to say, what can I do to make your job easier? What can I do for you? Do you need something? Can I help you with something? You know, they're looking to me because I'm, you know, I'm the experience. I'm the I'm the authority. But at the same time, I have to say. I can't do this by myself. I need you, and I want to do whatever I can in my power to make this easier on you. So you're the enabler. Exactly. So, so seeing, yes, it is a position of authority, but I feel like, in in as much way as possible, I feel like I'm trying to imitate the master in that. Yes, it's authority, but it's also servitude. It's also servitude.
they realize that as a head of the household, you don't have the luxuries of having so much wealth, letting your image be better of you, um, letting stress get to you. Um, the way that you respond is quite cool because your family is following your lead. And the way that you respond is going to impact them significantly more than the way that they respond will affect them. So one of the things that my dad was saying is that let all clouds sink. If you maintain calm, when everybody around you is freaking out, when everyone thinks you should be freaking out, then the people around you all of a sudden will be able to help you. And suddenly, you do need their help. You may not be able to get something done without their help, but if you will be willing to take that first step and maintain that composure, then they'll be inspired to be exceptional helpers on your behalf. Um, and that applies to home too. I mean, I think one example that came to mind as we're discussing this is the Midrash about Nachshon, the Prince of Judah. God tells Moses, stretch out your rod over the Red Sea. He's going to split the ocean. And second time. This is the parting of the Red Sea. The Pharaoh's army is oh, charging. Okay. Yeah, yeah. There's nobody else around. And well, I mean, there's there's nowhere else to go, rather. There, there, it's between a rock and a hard place. And God tells Moses to the sea. But God delivers. This is the Midrash, not in the Bible. It's a cool story. He waits until one guy, Prince Judah, not shown, walks into the water. He goes all the way down until the water like, covers his head. And then the ocean splits. And it does parallel, of course, with the story of Joshua, that actually is the Bible, yeah, where to Jordan. The, the priests, the water is moved right. until they, they walk, start walking. Right. So the get the feet the wet. And the idea being that, um, and I think this is something that has crossed my mind some in the last couple of years, if you want to see God's miracle, we need to start moving. And I think that, I, I, I just, I'm just thinking of some practical things, one thing that comes to mind. We're commanded to be good employees. God says specifically, Letters that um, you know you're supposed to be do all things unto the Lord, not unto men, not as men pleasers. The servants obey your masters. So if I if I if I do well, if I, if I act like a good employee and serving God, I'm just asking for blessing for my employer to see and to reward me. You know, if I if I want to receive benefits or, or positive things even from the government. Well, guess what? If I'm breaking the law, I'm not going to. Be a tough but, if I'm, but if I'm following the law and I'm doing things, that I'm, then hopefully, hopefully our government's not so corrupt that I won't get, that I will still receive um, some degree of blessing from being, from doing what I'm supposed to do. Right, like not being in jail. Like not being in jail. Or, or like, for example, if you, um, you know, one, one thing that, um, it's, it's an annoying requirement, but, um, Paying taxes. Paying taxes. If you pay your taxes in advance, which is a pain, and you'll probably end up paying more than you're supposed to, at the end of it, the government does tend to give back the amount that you paid over. But if you didn't pay enough, oh, now here's an extra fine. So yes, true. they're going to smack you with that. Even if you just pay your taxes. And you say, no fine. So we want the blessing of having righteous leaders go vote in the next election. Other comments? Anything else? Does it make sense? Coming back to 
the rain and the time for Slide of the Shoe. Oh, by the way, fascinating story. I think the guy's name is, is the, the, the guy who bought the fish and everything. He ate black bread and onions all week. The guy's name is apparently Joseph who loved the Sabbath. Joseph who loved the Sabbath? Joseph Barsabbath. Yeah, so. <laughs> um, but if we think about the rain and blessings, it it descended from a higher place to a lower place the way not only Moshe brought the Torah down off the mountain, but Yeshua came from the heavens into the earthly and it's this we know that he is the living Torah. And so if we see this this rain, this blessing of the fruit of the Torah, what's happening? It's nourishing us. It is giving life. And you know the whole concept is that it's kind of it's a tree of life for those who grasp it. And so, to those who do what? Grasp it. Grasp it. A verb. The whole deal. You verb it. You gotta do it. Well, that, that's, that's, also, exactly. that's also part of how big the, uh, the Hebrew language is. It's very action based, very verb based. And so, it's not just a. I'm just amazed at a lot of the. How scripture, you know, just all the cross references and how scripture explains scripture and. It's also very practical for us. Mm. Other comments? Good topic. Master of the universe, fulfill our request for good, satisfy our desire, and grant our request. Pardon all our iniquities and all the iniquities of our households. A pardon of kindness, pardon of compassion, and purify us of our errors, our iniquities, and our willful sins. Remember us with a favorable memory before you and consider us for salvation and compassion. Remember us for long life, for good life and for peace, good livelihood and sustenance, bread to eat, clothes to wear, wealth, honor, a long life engaged in your Torah and your commandments. An intelligence, an insight to understand and discern the depths of your mysteries. Grant a complete recovery to all our sufferings and bless all our handiwork. Decree upon us good decrees, salvations, and consolations. Nullify all harsh and evil decrees against us and dispose the feelings of the government, its counselors, and ministers upon us for good. Amen. And so be your will.